Christmas. And welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members, even on Christmas Day itself. Find us at whateverworks.works. And why not join our community? Simply search for whateverworks at mewe.com and get stuck in. Ho, ho, ho. Guess what? It's Christmas. Guess who's got the sound effects? (laughs) Well, I'm so sorry. I felt I should. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. We're we're joining everyone on Christmas Day. Can you believe, young Aidan? I know, and I'm sat here, and I have to tell you, I have the last mince pie. I feel uh, I, sh- I the last mince pie, and it's only just Christmas. I feel I should put Tesco into room one hundred and one. Do you know we ordered six mince pies, and they delivered six Mister Kipling Bakewell tarts. I oh, thank you very <laughs> gladly. So I'm going to eat my last mince pie and the latte I've made myself because I guess the listeners may or may not know I normally sit with a cup of tea while we're recording, and today I've made myself a Christmas latte. Well, I hope someone is working hard in the kitchen. I, I'm looking forward very much to my toy key lunch as soon as we finish this. So uh, that'll be good, won't it? And are, are, do you have a cognac or something nice to drink there, Ted? I, I, do you know, I, I think that I, for some reason my brain says that what you're supposed to drink at Christmas is Cointreau. Ooh. And I can't, I can't quite work out why it must have been somewhere in the past i've been i had a bottle of Cointreau at christmas i suppose but i suppose sherry is the thing we're supposed to have isn't it i don't know sherry is the thing your your aged aunt might drink at christmas <laughs> i've just offended my mother because she loves her sherry <laughs> yeah. but I, I suppose we we bring from our childhood into our adulthood different things different people different tastes don't we yeah so when i was a child i used to love necking beer <laughs> i was just gonna say I don't, i'm not suggesting you drink alcohol as a child shall we move swiftly on Let's move swiftly on and introduce, yes, of course, the Christmas edition of Whatever Works. Oh, 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 whatever works. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, that's enough of that. <laughs> Show number 127, this is, and we're bringing this to you, yes, indeed, on Christmas Day 2020. What more could you want while you tuck oh, into your turkey? 2021, please. You, oh, yeah. <laughs> you tuck into your turkey and listen to us two warbling on for an hour. Yeah. Whateverworks.works is our new website, isn't it, Aidan? It is, Tedward. Thank and you. How, you're supposed to say this in the following way, whatever it works, works. works. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget that if you can't find it on a podcatcher, there on the website there is a RSS feed. Put it into your podcatcher. I'm sure everyone's probably caught up by now, but just in case. Yes, indeed. And there's also the MeWe group. Don't forget the MeWe group. Lots of lovely stuff going on there and things to chew over and talk about whatever works in our lives and everyone else's lives. TedSalmon.com for me, AidenBell.com for Aiden. And if you want to buy me a coffee at Christmas or even, or even a sherry, or then cognac. you can do so <laughs> at paypal.me forward slash Ted Salmon. If you specifically want to um, put some money into the fund for keeping whatever works going, then don't forget you can send a um, gift voucher, an uh, Amazon gift voucher, to my personal Gmail address, which you all know and I can't say on the show any longer for fear <laughs> of hackage. 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 <laughs> yes, indeed. So there you go. There's all the, the links and all the claptrap out the way. Let's get on with it, shall we? Indeed. I'm slurping on my Christmas coffee and feeling very proud of myself. I sent a tweet today, you know, Ted. I've only got a Kenko. <laughs> you enjoy your Kenko and I'll swell my head. I, I, I literally, quite literally send maybe two or three tweets a year. 
And uh, my good friend Ted Salmon helped me to send out a tweet today about uh, we've released a new song from my musical Santa Santa and I've been plastering social media with it. And as people know, I know about as much as social, about social media as I do about brain surgery. So thank you, everyone. Th thank you. Thank you, Ted, I should say, for helping me with that. OK. I've also got to say, Ted, uh, this isn't something I can review this week, but I'm sure this is going to be my indoor pond, if you will. It'll be my rant and rave for the coming months. I've <laughs> taken my first baby steps into setting up a smart home. Uh, as oh. I say, nothing really to report or review as yet. But um, I, I've set up my first permanent if this, then that routine. Um, people may have seen on the MeWe groups and people were kindly helping me uh, when I commented that I was buying a new Philips Hue light bulb and how the price has dropped. I paid £13, which may sound a lot for a light bulb, but they were £38 when I bought them last time. Right. And I've set it up with if this, then that. And every day at sunset, the porch light comes on and at sunrise in the morning, it goes off again all by itself. <laughs> Aiden Bell has entered the 21st century. And the other it thing. It saves you going and flicking a switch. It does, really. Moving Who wants to legs. have to get up and go and. Well, <laughs> the truth is, Ted, at sunrise, it's halfway through the night for me. I'm tucked up in my beddy by, so I don't want to be getting up and turning off the outside light. <laughs> and the other thing I've done is, which I'm sure I'll feed back on, is I've just bought myself very cheaply, almost cheap as chips, £5.49, a bunch of 20 NFC tags. And I'm going to start oh, yeah. playing the games of, you know, when I touch this NFC tag, it mutes my phone so I can yeah. record a podcast without being interrupted. When I touch this NFC tag, the lights come on and the coffee machine asks me how I am and how many sugars I want and blah, blah, blah. So I'll be having a lot of fun with that in the coming weeks, but I'll shut up now. <laughs> right. It's interesting because people will probably think of me and us and all of us podcasters in this tech circle as people that would be really into all this um, kind of home stuff but I have to admit I'm afraid it's my admission for the year that I'm just not interested I, I, I don't know why I'm just it seems to me like if I want to turn the light on I go get up and flick the switch well do you know what Ted it's interesting uh, because although there's the part of me that as you can hear is getting very excited about playing with NFC tags there's actually the other part of me that's had to sit down and really rack my brains to think what would I want them to do? What yeah, What is yeah. there that I can't think? Because I've watched videos on YouTube and people who just have umpteen things. But then he says, you know, oh, it turns the kitchen light down to 50%. And when the kids are playing, it locks the door so they can't blah, blah, blah. I don't have any of these situations. So I think all I yeah. can have it do is turn a light on. And as you say, one should mm. really be, you know, fit enough to get up and t throw the switch on the wall. But there you go. Let's see what I can come up with. Well, one of the one of the examples that um, Gareth gave me recently was that there is a light that he has where the switch is right behind a sofa and it's inaccessible. You'd have to climb over the sofa to go down on the floor and turn the right. switch on. So fair enough. But then you could arrange your life so that wasn't true, couldn't you? <laughs> yes, indeed. Or, of course, you know, now that Philips Hue is a thing, you can actually have a conventional light switch, but it's remote. So you can put it down like a TV remote wherever you want it. So you still wouldn't actually have to go to the faff of setting up an NFC command, which then requires that you have your phone with you and you tap it. And But anyway, let's see how I get on and whether it's I just, do it. I just think it complicates life. I don't know. I, I, it just seems 
complication for the sake of it. You know, what was wrong with getting up and going to, over to your television and pressing the button to turn the channel over? You, well, you need I don't know, Ted. There. I mean, we all said <laughs> faxes are perfectly all right until email came in. And then when after yeah, email yeah, yeah. we said, you, you, you know, I think the, the, the brain and the muscle memory and the body gets used to doing something in one way and just doesn't want to yeah. change. But once it's yeah, changed, it realises yeah. like a little boy who didn't want to go to the party and then loves it. It realises what a good idea it was in the first place. An exception to this, of course, is making bread. And ah. <laughs> the way that you make bread is ruddy hard work. <laughs> and the way that Chris Kelly makes bread now is not ruddy hard work. And, Hang um, on, aren't now... you just contradicting yourself then, Ted? Are you not now advocating automation and ease of use overdoing it yourself? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that is that there are exceptions? <laughs> there are exceptions. Yes. There are exceptions where. Sorry, example, I was so thrown by your slinky link. I actually didn't pay any attention to it. Yes, <laughs> there there are exceptions, um, such as a bread maker, and such as um, running water from a tap in your kitchen rather than going to the well. You know, I mean, there <laughs> there are exceptions clearly, and it's what you get used to in life, isn't it? Anyway, Chris Kelly jumped on the bandwagon. He curses our group because it cost him a load of money for a Panasonic bread maker. No, he didn't say oh, how he, he didn't say how much it was, but I went to look and see um how much Panasonic ones were and they were kind of 150, 170 quid. So Ouch. just like him he'd get the best one, wouldn't he? Anyway, he says that it's it's our fault that he's got one of these. And I'll come back to that later because my mum jumped on the bandwagon as well, but not to that kind of extent. Anyway, um, Chris finishes at the moment by saying, I'm two loaves in, one made with water and olive oil, the second with egg milk and butter, both with 80% white and 20% brown. Once I have a few more miles on the clock, I'll submit a, a full review. And as I say, I'll come back to that later in the show. But for now... Um, yeah, I, I think that somebody saying, look, I bought a bread maker in the group has just generated loads of sales. It's opened a can of worms, yes. Well, all I can yeah. say, Ted, is I have no idea where my well is, so I'm screwed from the start. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Needhart, talking about ridiculous humour, uh, has posted on funny T-shirts. Frank says, I yeah. stumbled upon on QWERTY.com. QWERTY. QWERTY, with two E's. Yeah. .com. One of my favourite YouTubers wears a lot of their funny T-shirts. I bought some of them as they were on sale, so I paid €8 Euros per shirt. The prints are really great and don't wear off. The shirts are good quality. Having said that, the first batch was slightly faulty in stitching, so I emailed them and, sent the and they sent me the shirts again for free. So essentially, yeah. I paid even less per shirt if I used the slightly flawed ones. And you can also vote for upcoming designs. Mm. And there's a link to this, to, the link to qwerty.com. Yeah, it reminds me. I mean, there's all sorts of comedy T-shirts, aren't there, Ted? There's no, there's no end to be found. I, uh, coincidentally, I had a spam email yesterday that wasn't really a spam because it came legitimately from a student, very enterprising, who was producing T-shirts uh, with my name on. And obviously they found a way of sending out a myriad emails to with the name of the person they're emailing so i got all these t-shirts through and some of the designs were quite nice aiden this and aiden that and aiden the other you know i put it in my spam folder but it was interesting to see that and my sister um buys her partner fantastic t-shirts with things like um there's no place like 192.168.1.1 and come on in we have pie 3.141 you know so there's all kinds of comedy t-shirts and frank's found another source of them so thank you frank at eight eight yeah. euros a shirt is a very good price too 
He doesn't say where they are, but um, he. Uh, I think Frank lives in Germany. So yes, I think Euro is may, Yes, may, it may be an import for us at least. So, uh, in the UK, let's move on to pressure. High pressure air duster blowers. The May I interrupt you, Ted? I do apologise, but I've just looked at the site and QWERTY comes up in English for me. So wherever they're coming from, it's easy to order in England. Oh, OK. OK. Even better. Thank you, Frank. Yeah, so the Miko Eververdi. I'll say that again. The Eleverdi. Miko Eleverdi high pressure air duster blower. Are you sure you're not the... drinking anything, <laughs> Brought to the show by Steve Litchfield. Thank you, Steve. When to suck and when to blow, he says. <laughs> oh, don't, matron, no. <laughs> this does undoubtedly work, but it's also demonstratively doesn't in the wider sense, at least not without other gadgets to clear away the resulting mess. So there's a link to his own blog where he's done a long review of this duster blower thingy. Um, so here's just the highlights. It's very well made, um, but it does cause a hurricane in your house. And his, his biggest tip here, this is a, a small handheld device where you it either blows a hurricane or it, or, or it sucks in um, uh, like a, a vacuum cleaner. So his tip is that whatever you can get out of the way first to, to vacuum it, so suck it up first, and then when you've got nothing kind of visible to the eye almost left, you then give it a blast with the air blower, and then that gets in there. I mean, the whole thing is, is a little bit dodgy with... Um, things like the insides of computers and stuff so you, I think you need to be very careful with it but anyway there's a link to his um, review of that and Chris Kelly also jumped in and said I have my own 100 psi compressor in the garage the secret to using high pressure air is to blow it across rather than into the item which might be difficult if it's inside a computer exactly, I suppose yes, yeah. um, but the item uh, to be clean and hold a damp cloth behind the airstream to catch the dust and debris oh, so there's some tips there and um, yeah, link in the show notes to Steve's blog post on that and links through to his um, to, to, to buy one. You know, it's one of the occasional joys of my life when you open up an ancient computer that's caked in dust and you get the vacuum cleaner and suck up. Yeah. All. Isn't that one of the most satisfying <laughs> things? Yeah. <laughs> but I remember when I took my photography more seriously than I do these days, and also when I used to video a lot of stage productions, so I used to have to keep camera lenses very clean. You know, a can of compressed air was a stable part of my carry-around kit, which is a right. similar similar affair, isn't it? And it also yeah. reminded me that my father had a thing um, years and years ago, so probably, you know, handheld vacuums probably weren't even a thing then, that sucked, that he used for soldering, that was you sort of... You pressed it in, a bit like a balloon pump. You pressed it in, and then when you were soldering, you'd press a button and it would go... <laughs> And suddenly suck it all up in a hurry for you. Right. Sorry, it's Scary the mince stuff. pie. It's going to my head, Ted. <laughs> no, no, no. I, actually, while you were talking there, um, apart from listening to you, of course, multitasking, <laughs> I was checking on the price of this thing um, that Steve links to, and it's fifty quid. Ooh. So, um, but but yeah, on Amazon as usual. Yes. And there's lots of pictures of people using them for all sorts of different um, applications. It actually, looks like a watering can in the picture, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. You're right. <laughs> Right, what's next? Mm. I'm sorry. It's Christmas. I'm eating a mince pie, Ted. I'm so sorry. Oh. Merry Christmas! <laughs> anyway, Hayden, get on with your job. 
Oh, well, this, this is going to make me laugh as well. Buy the smell of home with a bottle of UK air. Yours for just £25. <laughs> this was amazing. Forgive me, I forget who posted this, but this was extraordinary. Was it you, Ted, found this? It was, yeah. <laughs> oh, Mr Salmon. <laughs> Whiff of desperation, inhale the aroma of Snowdonia and the events of the London, and even the London Tube. Or just enjoy a cheeky novelty gift of an empty bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Just when you thought things couldn't get more ridiculous, this is the most surreal of, of, of all, I think. A company now selling empty bottles for £25. Ted, we should have put this in crap Christmas gifts, didn't we? This we is extraordinary. Done, yeah. I mean, I do remember there was a thing, wasn't it? Back in the days of the London Fog, did they not actually bottle the London Fog and sell that? Oh, that, that at yeah. least has some sort of intrinsic historical possible value but I, empty yeah. bottles i wonder if well, though so they're not had up with the trades descriptions act do they actually nevertheless have to seal the bottle in snowdonia or on the london underground so know. that they can and claim I, that it's genuine and i don't even know if this is not just a joke that's come too early for april Fool's. yes i remember posting so, on the group saying yeah. am i sure it's not april <laughs> oh ted it's wonderful i think you've just found our christmas time christmas crap gift so well done <laughs> Yeah, I'm not really sure if it's true or not, or if it's real or if it's a joke. But uh, yeah, and they say that if you if you take the lid off, then um, it it lasts for several um, sniffs or whatever, and oh, you can uh, you can uh, pop very, the lid back on silly. again and enjoy it again later. Yeah, right. <laughs> very very silly indeed. Crap Christmas gift, yes, but it's too late now. It it's is, Christmas yeah. Day. Oh, we didn't get to hear the jingle. Oh, let's play yeah. it one more time. <laughs> oh whatever. <laughs> right, now it's techie phony corner, I'm afraid. Switch off, fast forward those that aren't uh, interested in this, but Alan Webb has says, don't give Apple 129 quid for a MagSafe duo charger when you can buy a Gree Home 2-in-1 wireless MagSafe charger for 25 quid, over a hundred pounds less. It folds up just like the genuine Apple one, except... Right, this is where I'm, we're going to get a bit lost, probably. Though the watch charger doesn't flip up, so you, if you use the sports loop, you need to flip the strap inside out so the watch face is inside the loop before placing it on the pad. Whatever that means. And instead of a lightning socket, it has a USB-C socket for connecting to the power brick, and the lead supplied is a USB-A to USB-C. However... The iPhone 12 Pro locates on the magnets exactly the same as it does with the Apple version. Plugged into a standard iPhone um, USB-A charger, there's enough power to charge the phone and the watch together. Even if you add on the cost of the USB-C to USB-C lead, it's still saving you 100 quid over the Apple one. Apple pricing is so naughty, isn't it? And, you know, when you see something like that, you think, all right, OK, well, it may not be made as beautifully, perfectly well as the Apple one is, but it's just a joke, isn't it, the Apple pricing? Oh, I don't know where they get off doing that. I don't. I mean, really, I mean, the, 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 the other post that was on the group recently was these headphones 500 pounds oh, yeah. 550 and I mean, yeah. you can pay another 75 quid for each set of um of um what's this you know the the cushions yeah i mean it, it, it really is it, it's nike trainers of the tech world isn't it it's paying yeah. for the name yeah no i don't know Absolutely. where they get that from and on the subject anyway. of headphones uh, I found a pair of, well, they weren't headphones, they were earplugs, but they were bizarre, which I posted and, and got quite a bit of interesting feedback for it. 
They're called uh, Flare. They're called Calmer, C-A-L-M-E-R, and they're made by Flare Audio. And the guy on the video describes them a bit like sunglasses for the ears. He says in the same way that you go out into a bright, sunny day, you put sunglasses on and your, your eyesight feels more comfortable. He claims that these do the same thing for the ears. And the technical explanation is that basically they, they plug out, as it were, they remove only a certain frequency, that being between about 2 and 8K. So what that means is the, 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 that's quite, those are quite high frequencies and they are removed from your hearing. And the blah, blah, blah that goes with it that I'm a little dubious about is, to, is that, oh, well, when we were all cave dwellers and we had to be alert all the time, we needed those frequencies so that we'd hear twig snapping and know that there was a man-eating tiger about to eat us. But now that we all live in houses and we're all locked down anyway, we don't need these frequencies and so we can remove them. So you must pay £20 for my earplugs. <laughs> And I was a bit dubious and I actually put together a little um, demo to show what sound would sound like with between 2 and 8K removed. So I'll just play that now if I may. This is me talking but with the sound in the background of a plastic bag being rustled. And this is still the sound of my voice, but this time the frequencies of 2 to 8K have been removed from the plastic bag. Clearly, it's much less of a nuisance in the background. However, the problem is it wouldn't just be the plastic bag that would be reduced. It would be everything. And now my voice also has 2 to 8K removed. And as you can hear, it's not very pleasant. Not that the sound of my voice is very pleasant at the best of times. So, as you can see, it does work in inverted commas, my argument is, well, it sounds horribly muffled. Why would I want to lose those frequencies? Uh, but I should say that um, uh, to, to, to look at the other side, Duncan Robertson posted definitely not a scam, he said, because I'd suggested it might have been initially. I've not tried these, but my wife uses their sleep. Yes, with three E's, which are very well made, nicely packaged and work effectively against my snoring. I also know that Flair have a 100 day money back guarantee. You may cancel your purchase of physical products at any time within 100 days for any reason, beginning on the day after you receive the products. So. Yeah, I, I'm sure they're a legitimate company and it's a legitimate product. I'm just not sure that I want to have those frequencies removed from my hearing. Uh, at the risk of upsetting you, um, do you think that, that these people might have done it somehow differently and better to the way that you've done it in your little... Um, very, very possibly, Ted. Very possibly indeed. Yeah. All I can, all I can say is that they explain that frequency between two and eight have been removed, and so on my demo, I removed frequency between two and eight. The only other thing yeah, to do is somebody right. to take the punt and pay nineteen pounds ninety nine and try a pair and see what they're like. Yeah, I think it should be you because <laughs> you're you're the sound person. You're, you're the Alan Parsons around here. You know, it was Alan Parsons that provided me with the tones to do the test with. Got, surprise, surprise. Yes, there you go. Yeah, well, anyway, there it is, folks. If anyone else has any thoughts or comments or, or, or indeed has a pair and can, can give us hands-on experience or ears-on experience, boom, boom, I'd be very curious to know, you know, is it yeah. sunglasses for the ears or is it just a way of wasting 20 quid? Yeah, and if you get some, then do let us know um, what your tips are. Head stop tips, head stop tips, head stop tips. <laughs> Slinky links. Gives me a chance to have um, some mince pie. Mm. <laughs> Every chance for more coffee. 
You're making me thirsty now. Mm. Gareth Miles is first, Hello, feeding Gareth. back, <laughs> um, feeding back on um, the item that I was raising on the last show about um, trying to get stereo speakers each side of my bed. Mm. He says that Samsung, if you've got a Samsung phone, it will let you, or Samsung phone, some phones anyway, probably the flagships, it will let you use the channel that um, you want to for, for two outputs from the phone. So you can hook up um, the left channel to your left speaker and the right channel to your right channel for having two outputs from Bluetooth from your phone. And so you could just send left and right to each of the speakers. That's it. It's done. So, it, mind you, that whole scheme does kind of rely on having a Samsung and a compliant Samsung at that. Um, but thank you, Gareth. Yeah, there's a good point, and which one I didn't think of. Um, unless other phones do that, perhaps people could let us know in the MeWe group. Um, John Love also chipped in. He says, it might be worth also considering Sonos speakers, which I've never had. I've never had a so Sonos, Sonos speaker. Um, I'm not sure that they might be too much um, size and capability for your needs, but aside from the power, you still get group multiple ones together. Sorry, you can, you can group multiple ones together for wireless audio between them. There's also the IKEA Symphonic Disc speaker, which uses Sonos technology technology but is a bit more cost effective so um and and is yeah. very sexy i'm looking at the pictures i yeah. rather like the look of this ikea one yeah absolutely um so there are some problems with using wireless as opposed to bluetooth which was talked about in the group as well um and also there is a size problem because you offered me very kindly some speakers from your end which weren't quite going to do the job but um someone else suggested some speakers as well but they were just too big i wanted dinky little small speakers just one each side of the bed and that's why i came down on the side of those sony ones which okay they were 30 something quid each but they would have done the job perfectly because you can indeed send the um left and right channels out right. to them and they they daisy chain each other so so on the speaker itself you tell it what you want it to send to the second speaker and, and it just all works very cleverly and is it is and it a done deal and it then works from then onwards because one of your specifications at the beginning which is why i think the samsung surely wouldn't work for you is that you want it to be set up and done and that's it and no faffing whereas it sounds it, to me with the samsung version that you have to you have to go into the relevant apps and set it up properly on your samsung every time you want to listen to anything on the speakers am i right well, yeah, you'd have to you'd have to set the pairing up and then throw the Bluetooth switch on and then or yeah, set up you, an you, NFC tag that does it for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, you would you would have to set it up and and switch it on each time you did it, and right. that wasn't quite what I wanted. I I wanted to plug in a three point five millimeter thing to my device, and just send to to, to move it out. Now the 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 anchor sound core original generation and the version two ones stay on as long as something's plugged in. So, so as long as something is plugged into the three point five millimeter socket, it stays on. So you can you can just leave it on, and then if you do that, then but then if you do that, you can't use the Bluetooth. So it, it's really it's a little problem which I think the Sony ones fix easily. Um, and I don't know, you had some thoughts about keeping the power on, didn't you? Well, I did, and actually you put me to rights with what you've just said about how as long as you leave it plugged in, it stays on. So in actual fact, I was incorrect. But it put, right. I, it put me into a sort of better before moment when I was thinking, 
well, I was yearning really for the old days when I would just say, you know, there's a speaker, plug the speaker in, turn the speaker on and it's on and it stays on and you can go on holiday and come back and it'll still be on. And nowadays, yeah. everything seems to be so uber clever and uber complicated with multifunction and intelligence and learning this, that and the other instead of just having an on off switch, which is what you want, really, isn't it? Yes, this is the man who at the top of the show is looking for a, a hue light bulbs and you things see, that turn themselves off. We are such off. contradictions. That's, aren't what we? I, that's what I like about you is your consistency. <laughs> oh, but I tell you what, Ted, I'm going to be your saviour in this because if you do end up having some complicated routine on a Samsung phone that you have to go through every time, all you need is a little tiny NFC tag beside your bed that you tap the phone on and off it goes. There. I yeah. rest my Christmas case. Cheers. I'm going to get, uh, if, if, <laughs> if, I ever, if I ever get round to doing this, I'm going to get the, a couple of those Sony speakers because I love Sony stuff anyway. Mm -hmm. And yeah, okay, they're 30 quid each, but it would do it. That, it that, that fixes it. I've had Sony speakers before that do exactly what I want them to do. So, end of story. Okay, I've got a mouthful of mince pie, so let's play jingle. <laughs> <laughs> Right, okay, yes. Jingle has if you, When you start spitting mince pie all over the place, I'll carry on with cheapest chip, shall I? <laughs> the, the G9 bulb. Okay, now I'd never heard of a G9 bulb. Right. A, a bulb blew in a wall fitting, okay? We needed a new one. Right. So pulling this light thing out, I've never seen anything like it. It's this kind of strange-looking halogen thing, filament, Nothing like a proper bulb. Anyway. Hang on, we're having so, a tomato-tomato moment. Halogen? Halogen. 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 <laughs> halogen. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Ted. <laughs> either or either. Um, so, right. Now, so I, I go off to Amazon to look for these things, and I think, well, I don't even know what I'm looking for. Fortunately, Chris Kelly jumps up, the show's favourite um, contributor, and said to me, it's called a G9, which I'd never heard of. So... Anyway, so I went off to look for these G9s, found some, and they looked as though they were the right thing. But then he pops up and says, well, hang on a minute, don't get the halogen, halogen ones, get the LED ones. They last longer, they're better for the planet, and they're more efficient, mm -hmm. etc. Although they are more expensive. So even though these things are a right fiddle, yes, the halogen ones are as um, cheap as chips, much, much cheaper than the, the um, LED ones, incidentally. But um, the, the point about these things was that they were physically too big. So in order to get the same amount of power that the halogen, halogen ones do, um, you had to get physically they got longer and then they wouldn't fit in the light fitting right. so i end, i ended up having to go back to halogen halogen even though i wanted to do what chris was saying which was be um you know eco-friendly and get the led ones but to get the right amount of power and the right amount of um, um size that wasn't too big i had to go back to halogen anyway the point of this whole long boring story is that you can buy for a, a pound each. Now, I'm going to get told off by Judge Barton here because <laughs> you, you can't just buy one. Yeah, OK. We we got a packet of 10 for 10 quid. But they're, they're, they're the right ones. They, they work perfectly. And the ones that I got are slightly um, blue daylight in hue. And they work perfectly well. They're really good. 
but but the point is really that they they're just so cheap. How do they do stuff like this? Ten of these bulbs, all individually wrapped in a box. Not only ten yes. in a box, but each single one of them inside its own box in the box, and inside its own box, it was wrapped in a bit. So of you bubble got to play wrap. Christmas past the parcel with it as well. Exactly. You know, exactly. it must be because they make literally thousands and thousands and thousands of them that yeah. they're able to keep the price down. Yeah, yeah. But it was amazing. Yeah, that puts me in mind, actually, Ted, of the old, you know, the old good old fashioned 100 watt bayonet light bulbs that we all knew and loved. And I still do and have hundreds of them in cupboards. I find I often can't <laughs> use the new bulbs because, again, as you say, they're too big. The nice, good for the planet, modern uh, versions, right. the LED ones, are often bigger than the old bulbs. You're quite right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is difficult. I've had a thought, Ted. I'm, for Christmas, live on air, I'm going to appeal to both you and Judge Barton with a new idea that's just popped into my mince pie-filled little head. Why yes. don't we say cheapest chips, maximum £5, but multiple purchase, maximum £10? So if you found <laughs> something where you have to buy 10 of them and they're a pound each, we allow it because it's a maximum Hurrah. of 10. Yes. Yes, I'm I'm agreeing with that. Happy Christmas! <laughs> <laughs> there you are. Um, okay, we're done then. So let's move on, shall we? I want one. I want one. I want one. I want one of those. Yes, indeed. I'll tell you what I want, which I really, really want. I'll tell you what I want when I really, really want <laughs> is yes, um, Victoria. What do you want? A mega mammoth bean bag sofa, and I put this in the Miwi group um, the other day. So have a look back in the post, and you'll see it. And it looks just amazing. There's nothing to be said about it apart from the fact that it's huge. It looks incredibly comfortable. We we we've all known what bean bags are like, but this is just in another league. It's it's just huge, and it's got this pouffe thingy as well that comes with it. It costs a hundred and nine. 99 quid and you know I, 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 to me that doesn't seem to be that much money to me to, to be honest for to, to what you get here I think that's pretty good um, of course you need some space somewhere to put it because it's so big but it just looks really really comfortable and it's also made of corduroy and corduroy I don't know what you think of corduroy but I remember when I was a teenager I had corduroy trousers and it's a really nice oh material. as did I yes corduroy is lovely yeah. and this looks lovely Ted and you know people were joking in the group and saying ah yes but the, the model's a midget it's actually very small you know you know to be serious, I think it, it it probably is very big. And yes, I too remember bean bags from when I was a kid, um, and it could be a good one. I remember bean bags though as not as whenever you moved, the bag moved with you, and then you found you weren't comfortable if you sort of leant forward for some reason. Yeah. When you tried to lean back, you find you couldn't because the thing had filled yeah. up with beans behind you. I don't know. Don't if, move. Sorry. Don't move. Don't move. Yes, yes. <laughs> I wonder if there's such a thing as a memory foam bean bag. But no, I share your I share your curiosity and your interest, Ted. Um, oh yeah. Just not your two hundred quid. It looks wonderful. <laughs> I, it looks just wonderful. I would. I if I had a spare two hundred quid, I would. I would definitely buy that. And it's you know half the price of a cheap smartphone. Yeah, and I think I would use it. I really do. I think it, it was a. It's a really. And it's nice also thing to you do. know it's half the price of a posh um coffee machine no a posh chair that you'd sit in in your living room if you wanted to buy yourself yeah. a, a, you know a, well, i'm trying to think of the word um an, a lazy boy chair oh, you'd yeah. probably pay 400 quid for a really top-notch one this yeah, is yeah. half the yeah, price yeah. And, and twice the fun 
But as yeah, I said absolutely. to you on the group, though, Ted, try getting up from it. That's the fun part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to admit that as you get older, it, getting out of low things is like, as you said on the group, getting off the floor. Yes, isn't yes. It? Is, is, is actually becomes difficult the more the older you get and yeah these are, are probably for young people and kids to, to use but I still find it really tempting I'll just get one of these handles that you attach to the ceiling to pull, pull myself out <laughs> yes, of yes they come with it. a free disability handle yeah. <laughs> yeah James Rayburn chipped in and said um, also my friend had one of these and it's f***ing enormous too big for their lounge if you ask me but it is f***ing comfortable <laughs> So thank you for your candor and 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 pleasant um your enthusiasm for this um this item James. Yes indeed. Thank you for your <laughs> message James. <laughs> anyway, there you go. That's my I want one of those for Christmas 2020 and I really you know we quite often bring things to I want one of those and they're all stupid things like yeah I want a um I want an island in Canada or something. Yes. But this is this is actually gettable and I could see myself one day saying yeah I'm having one of those. I've I've been left 200 quid by Auntie Vera and I'm I'm going to have this. <laughs> okay. Mince pie and drink a break. Still using and still You know what? I'm still using my mince pie, but I've just finished it, so there'll be no more mince pie gags today. You just said that. You can't say everything twice. I didn't. You did? I've said it to you off air and then on air, but now you've spoiled well, it. No, well, no, it's, well it could, it's all going to be on air now, isn't it? <laughs> Otherwise, they won't know what we're talking well, about. Listen, while I enjoy my last morsel of mince pie, what are you still using, Ted? Don't talk with your mouth, but it's very rude. <laughs> that's, a third, that's a third time. <laughs> right. Now, this doesn't quite comply with our incestuous rules of still oh, using. Oh, Judge but, Barton, you're needed. Yeah, but it's still interesting nonetheless. Alan Kennedy says he saw an article in the paper, which we'll link to in the show notes, called The Warrington Family Christmas Tree, which has been put up every year since 1922. So, at, in 1922, King George V was on the throne. American prohibition, prohibition was in full force. The BBC had only just been founded. Um, and they have had this Christmas tree up in this family in Warrington um, for, for all of that time. She, he says, the person who owns it says it's become a bit tatty. Um, and her, the, the, the mother, her, his mother or her mother, still lit candles in its branches, which are made from goose feathers. Can you imagine lighting? I know they did. They used to do this in Victorian times, putting actual lit candles into into trees. Imagine the fire risk. Imagine doing that now. Good. My grief. mother tells a tale, which is one of her, you know, little supply of anecdotes that she will tell, given any opportunity, of when I was a small boy. We live in Hatfield and there's Hatfield House around the corner, stately home. And um, yeah. when I was in the church choir a million years ago, we were all invited to go to Hatfield House and sing. And we all stood round the tree with the real candles on it. And the story my mother tells, which to my shame I don't remember very well, she'll enjoy telling me again, is that somebody's hair caught fire and there was a lot of upper class, oh dear, oh dear, what shall we do? <laughs> <laughs> While they were damping out somebody's, some poor choir boy probably <laughs> had his hair on fire. <laughs> Imagine, they, 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 they'd be suing them now, wouldn't they? Absolutely. Listen, I think that so, absolutely yeah. counts. We just have to change the title slightly to still being used, and then we're fine. Yes. 
Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much, Alan. As it's Christmas, we'll let it go. It's a very interesting story. You may remember I, I, I spoke recently about, uh, again, about the heater for my hands because of this Reynard syndrome I have where my hands get very cold. Yes. Well, I'm still using my Gerbing heated gloves, which yeah. I discovered a number of years ago now. In fact, so many years ago that they weren't available in this country and a kind friend in America took delivery of them and forwarded them on to me. And they were not cheap. I think it was something like $200 that I paid. But I'm still using them. And they're ruddy good. They are ordinary gloves. Uh. Excuse me. <laughs> good now, grief. somebody's been eating too much mince there, there are limits to these sound effects, I think. <laughs> anyway, where was I? Oh, yes, my gloves. Um, they're beautiful. They're, 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 they're basically for motorcyclists. They're produced with the, the, the idea being that they're for cyclists so that you keep your hands warm when you're on your bike. Um, mm. And I have a pair which I plug in in the car, so I have a, um, and I keep them in the car and I put them on and they work tremendously. There's not an awful lot to say. They're very nice quality, very sound, good quality gloves, good leather outside, good, nice and soft inside, and they really do work. They have three levels. Um, they've got... It's, it's uh, light blue, green and red. And of course, they make a big fuss about don't ever use the red unless you've got frostbite because you'll burn your hands and it's rubbish. And the red is just warmer than the other two. Um, and it's fine. And I enjoy them very much. And they're very, very useful when my hands get cold. Um, but they're not they're What not do you cheap. plug them into? I plug them into the car. In, what? Into the, into into the, the cigarette Into wheel? the cigarette lighter. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to oh, avoid letting the listeners know that I'm driving with wires coming out of my wrists, yeah, which is no yeah. doubt illegal. <clears throat> but um, I, I thought you were going to say they had kind of batteries and they heated up and you charged them. They also do have battery. They have battery pairs. You can get them with batteries. Oh, okay. Um, but I because on a motorbike you're not going to have a, 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 a cigarette lighter thing. No, no. You? But I, I mean, I say I plugged them into the cigarette lighter. As far as I can remember, I probably had to do some sort of hot wire. Because I think, I, okay. I can't remember, Ted, it was literally years ago that I got them. Right. But I, okay. I, I'm trying to remember. I think you just get two wires, which you then have to wire into your motorbike electrics. And in my case, right. I just wired it into a cigarette socket and plug and off I went. I had a look on this website and the things that I fancy, I know you've got your problem with your hands, but I got the same because I, I get gout. I, I'm not supposed to get my feet too cold. Right. And in the winter, um, because I like being in a cold environment, my feet do get really cold and it's very bad for them. And on that very same website, I noticed they've got the same thing, but in heated socks, Gerbing heated socks. And they look great. <laughs> I'd really like to have those when I'm sitting, um, enjoying being really cold, um, but still having my toes nice and warm they do look nice and they sell them with and without a controller i wonder what the controller yeah. is that a person who comes round and says would you like me to turn on your sock sir um yes. they do look jolly nice that, 99 quid 99 99 oh wow all, how much are the gloves all i can say nowadays i think the gloves are about 200 quid all i can oh, say ted 200. is that the gloves have served me extremely well extremely well over a number of years so if you yeah. decided to take the punt you know don't sue me or anything but based on what based on my experience with the gloves i would have thought the socks would be excellent i'd rather have a beanbag i'm also concerned that there's only one sock in the picture <laughs> <laughs> so they're 99 quid each yeah. in that case I'd, I'd definitely rather have the beanbag <laughs> shall we move on <laughs> My no, I'll tell you what I'm still using, which I brought to the show in April 2019, Whatever Works Show 80, um, and it's still in daily use. Is my Humax, my Freeview HD TV ah, recorder, yes. 
which you can get in half a gigabyte version or a one terabyte version which is the one i've got or a two terabyte version and it's basically a free view box that records very simple instead of using whatever stuff comes with your television built in free view or whatever you plug the aerial in from the the, the wall into your box into your um, humax box and then you take an hdmi out um, into the back of your television and then you use this box as your tuner um, and it records anything you want to record. It's got a, a electronic guide. It's just the same as, you know, it's also got um, streaming services, all your Amazon Prime and um, Netflix and BBC iPlayer and all that. All of that's built in if you want to use it. I actually don't use that stuff because I find that the my um, my Roku box is better for mm -hmm. that side of it. But the point is that it, it records TV shows. It hardly ever goes wrong. Once I had to redo the hard drive, like any hard drive, eventually you've got to, um, you know, reset it. Yes. And sure enough, it kind of defrags it and whatever, and you start again. Um, but it's really, really good. It's served me really well. I've had it a long time now, um, so much so that my mum and dad bought one as well just recently, and they're very pleased with theirs. It saved them a fortune on a deal with BT they were paying. It saved them 50 quid a month on a deal they had with BT for BT Sport and all that. Um and yeah, we've become a Humax family, really. Everyone's um, happy with theirs. The 189 quid it is for the one that I've got now, although I paid more than that, 225. Um, one terabyte is mine. The half terabyte is 179, and the two terabyte, 239. But to be honest, I, I think I probably could have got away with the half a terabyte one because I very rarely go above about, you know, um, a third full on the drive. Um, before I delete stuff off that I've watched. So, you know, it depends on, obviously on how much you use it. But anyway, still using it, still saying the same story as I did in April 19. Really good purchase. And I think even though it was nearly 200 quid, well, actually, I was over 200 quid, um, it's been worth every penny. Really good servant for TV watching and recording shows. You speak the truth, sir. And I know this because we have the same one. Ah. Exactly the same one, and I have exactly the same experience. So, ah, yes, good. solidarity. Well done. Solidarity in Humax boxes. Solidarity, brother. And on that pregnant pause, shall I move on to my review? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Actually, it's a sort of, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an almost review, only because I've only had it for a few days, and so I haven't really got to the bottom of it, but I would like to talk about it, and what it is, is... A Kersha SC4 steam cleaner. I, oh, Kersha. Well, Kersha if you're in England. Oh, that's the, that's the same thing that I had with the um, power washer. Same yes, company. Yes, yeah. or Kersha if you're German um, are, are, are well known and are a company you know with a good name and a good reputation. I yeah. wanted. I, I started taking an interest in steam cleaning, and as our kitchen floor got dirtier and dirtier, and I, I I relished less and less the idea of going down on the floor with a bottle of Ajax and a scrubbing brush. I decided to look into steam cleaning, and there was a little chat went on on the group. And eventually, uh, my mother got involved in the conversation and we decided the sensible thing to do would be not to buy some sort of, you know, 30 quid thing that might work for a couple of weeks and then die, to just do the job properly and get something that's going to last us for a number of years. And that's what I've done. Um, hence, the cost of £233.69. Ouch. But as I say, I hope this is something that's going to be in the family for a very long time. It's basically 
the size and shape of a small vacuum cleaner. Um, looks like a vacuum cleaner, uh, only instead of uh, an, an air-sucking hose, what comes out of the front is a very sturdy, I'm reaching down to get it now, uh, sort of corrugated like a, sh like a shower um, hose kind of hose, out of which comes high-pressure steam. Or not necessarily high-pressure steam, but, you know, steam at a good rate of knots. You, it's very, very easy to use. It's got a one-litre removable tank, so you can take the tank to the tap and bring it back to the device. You fill it with water, or you can fill it 50-50 with regular water and distilled water if you wish, which is what I do, because I figure that means it may last a bit longer, and distilled water is not expensive. Um, and the water lasts a very long time. That one litre that I put in, I can clean the whole of the kitchen floor, and then I think I did half the hall floor as well before I had to change it. So the water seems to last a long time. And what's, what I find incredible, Ted, is all of a sudden, cleaning is fun. Oh, my God, this is fun. <laughs> it's very good. At the end of it, um, again, a bit like a vacuum cleaner, you've got a good sturdy plastic um, pipe that, that attaches to the, to the flexible hosey pipe. Um, it's got, a, it's got an, a switch which gives you low and high positions and a safety off position. So I always put it to the safety off position if ever I'm doing anything, because obviously it's blistering hot steam coming out the end. So you don't want to take chances with that. Um, and again, it's very like a vacuum because at the other end, there's a sort of mop head thing which you use on the floor back and forth as you would a vacuum. And what's incredible and what I still can't get my head around is it cleans the floor with nothing but steam. And there's nothing to clean yeah. afterwards. Yes, the floor is damp, but if you go away for 10 minutes and when you come back, it's clean. It's just extraordinary. The head itself gets dirty. So, you know, that's where the dirt goes, in inverted commas. It collects on the head. But you put the head on and you very gently, no no pressure, no force required, just a gentle back and forth motion as you would if you were you know, vacuuming a house. You clean, in, in our case, the, the, the wooden laminate floor in the kitchen and then again in the hall and then again in my studio. And then I decided to go in the bathroom and I took the end off and I had the, the nozzle that just gives you a great, you know, a big fat jet of steam. And I was steaming, I was steam cleaning tiles and corners and then the bathroom floor and then the walls. I thought, hang on, can I do, can I do the walls? And indeed I could. I put the floor thing back on and I started cleaning the walls with it. Then I went in the kitchen and got excited and cleaned the oven and... Suddenly, I'm, I'm like some little maniac Walt Disney figure running around the house like Rumpelstiltskin having a fit, cleaning and enjoying cleaning. And I've had yeah. to warn my mother, this is a honeymoon period. It won't last. It'll, you know, another, give it a week or two and it'll be, oh, do I have to clean? But at the moment, I'm just a little bit mind blown, if I'm honest at the power of steam cleaning. And I've watched the videos, I've watched the YouTube videos and seen the chap cleaning his car with it, which is going to be what I do as soon as spring comes along and the weather gets nicer. And you see people cleaning all manner of things from taps to walls to uh, sofas in the, in the living room. Apparently you can, you know, as long as you don't overdo it and drench stuff, you can steam clean the fabric of your, of your couch or your beanbag. It, beanbag. It really is astounding. And I'm, I'm I, you know, I'm... I'm I'm a little lost for words because I always thought cleaning involved chemicals and hard work and elbow grease and, and patience and time and effort and coming back 10 minutes later when the chemicals had settled down and were ready to be cleaned off. But no, the floor outside my studio, I apologise to my mother, hasn't been cleaned since God was a boy. And I put this thing on it and I tell you what, in 10 minutes I had that floor gleaming with the power of steam. So there it is. I'm, Aiden is a little bit blown over by the Christmas miracle of steam cleaning. 
I think the, the Karcher company, or whatever you pronounce it. Es ist ein deutsche Firma und heißt Kircher. Karcher? Anyway, um, the, the, the Karcher company seemed to provide us with lots of enjoyment in this respect. Because I can remember when I got the power washer first, I just couldn't leave it alone. I was outside cleaning absolutely anything I could find. Because <laughs> it, it, it was so fascinating so that you point, this, you point this thing at stuff and you move it across. And then you look back at it and it's Is this clean. a high-pressure high pressure tra- water washer, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's a power clean, yeah. power washer thingy, um, which I brought to the show yonks ago um and i um, we had great fun with that and just this last summer i did the patio for my mum and dad here as well um and it it remains good fun so so perhaps the novelty won't wear off maybe not but the other thought is maybe i know we live quite considerably far apart from one another but maybe we can find a way of doing a swap in the summer (laughs) and i'll have a turn with the power washer and you can try the steam (laughs) yeah well done right now let's go back to bread making had quite enough of this cleaning nonsense (laughs) Uh, the, the the Morphe Richards fast bake bread maker is the one that my mum settled on. Well, we did between yes. us. We decided fifty to sixty quid. So you shop around because we paid fifty, but we noticed the next day the very thing was sixty, and so I don't know what that was yeah. about. But anyway, it's about that price. Um, so yeah, we jumped on the bandwagon too, not with as much outlay as Chris Kelly did with his Panasonic posh one. <laughs> Um, but we've been experimenting with it. It's early days, but we've been experimenting with it. We've we've made a few loaves already, um, and we thought to ourselves, yeah, there is kind of some talk about lorries being trapped in Dover, and who knows, we may not be able to get bread anytime soon. So maybe it's a good time to do this and get it, as well as all the talk on the group about it. So we did. May have been a feeble excuse, but anyway, we Whoa, did. Oh, my bread um, didn't arrive this week. That was one of our items that wasn't available, so you may have been very prophetic. Oh, right. Ah, right. Well, yeah, there you go then. So, we had a go, and we followed the instructions, because neither neither of us had done this for, like, a, a good number of years, and I had completely forgotten how to do it. So we followed the instructions, and, yeah, we made a couple of mistakes in the first couple of loaves, and we, we've, but we found a balance. We've, we've only done basic white bread at the moment. Um, there, are some, there are some things we need to work out as well, like, for example, there's this kneading blade which sits in the bottom of the pot, and when you take the bread out, um, the, the blade stays inside the bread. Oh. And apparently, apparently that's a really common thing to happen. But my mum says that she used to have a machine where that blade didn't stay in the bread. It stayed in the pot. So maybe some of the posher ones, maybe maybe the Panasonic one, that that happens with that one. It, it doesn't get stuck in the maybe bread. Maybe it's a special some variant th- for making bread for friends in prison so you can smuggle a blade in. Just a thought. Yes. So we we were trying to think of ways of getting this out. I I, I suggested long-nosed pliers, um, which we couldn't find a pair of, so we couldn't try it. I dug it out with a pair of scissors one time. (laughs) I read online online that some people were saying a chopstick does it. So if you've got... We we don't happen to have any chopsticks, so we couldn't try it. But if you've got a chopstick, put it inside and dig it into the hole in the middle of the blade and it, and pull it out. And that but comes I'm sorry, out that this way. is the sort of thing you shouldn't have to be doing in the first place, though, isn't it? Well, they do say in the in in the book, it does say this can happen. Right. And I rem- both of us then remembered back to the fact that, well, yes, this does happen and it happens okay. regularly. And you're, lu- you're lucky if it doesn't happen. But as I say, mum said she had one machine where it didn't and it, and it was designed differently. Right. Um, anyway. anyway, we're having great, great fun with it. And um, we haven't tried anything um, exotic yet, but we will do in time. And that was our initial feed 
feedback. So we're waiting for Chris to, to Chris Kelly to feedback on that. And in the meantime, perhaps we can share some tips like about this blade and all that sort of thing and, and, and share recipes with each other in the movie group. So then I'd better get cracking go. and make another good old fashioned kneading the dough version and post a picture so I can say Yabu sucks to the lot of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, the difference between the loaf that you posted a photograph of on MeWe and the one that's come out of this one is the size. I think I said to you before, your bread looks really, really flat. And these ones that are coming out of this machine, they're, they're bulbous. They're like, you know, really tall and big. And, you know, well, I think it depends on but, the baking but, tin as well, doesn't it? Yeah, sure, sure. And, and, and what ingredients you're putting in, how much yeast you put in and blah, blah, blah. It's all, it's all, um, it's all good. It's, it's all good experimentation. My bread is flat. I'm putting you in room 101. <laughs> I seem to get podcasters' nose. <laughs> I always, I always get a blocked nose when I'm podcasting. <laughs> well, it's, it's Christmas. Let's call it Rudolph's nose. <laughs> Listen, I know it's Christmas and I shouldn't put anything into Room 101, but I'm going to, and i tell you what it is. Because it really annoyed me this week when it happened again. I've just had to, um, I've had my phone repaired and uh, started again for Not again. Slate. And I have to advocate, ladies and gentlemen, none of your rubbish Google backups. Clean slate of, clean sheet of paper. Load everything one uh -huh. at a time. Much the best way I've discovered. Anyway, came to the Halifax app. And as I'm sure a lot of people will know, as with most banks, when you install the app and set it up, it says, oh, we're going to phone you up and give you a four-digit number, or we, the app will give you a four-digit number, which you have to program into the phone when we ring you to prove that you're you and blah, blah, blah. So that's fine. So I pressed the button and my phone rang and I was expecting, you know, please key in the four digits. Four digits go in and off we go. No, not at all. The phone rang and I heard a recorded voice. Welcome to Halifax Online Banking. We are here to help you set up your online banking app. With this app, you can check your account and make payments on time and with this and that and do the other service. After the tone, please key in the four-digit code displayed in your app. By which time I've lost the will to live. Why does it have to say all that peripheral bloody bloody blah Why can't it just say key in the number, please? And the other example. <laughs> because, uh, uh, before okay. you go on, I'll tell you why. It's because um, due to market research and feedback, they've had so many calls for, from people that say, I don't know what to do. They say, right, OK, then. Well, we'll put some instructions in here for stupid people. That well, can't OK, just do what... But what, what is the instruction of with this app you can set up your online banking and which you... I mean, it gives me a whole history of the Halifax before it asks me for the number. The other one that happens all the time. I mean, you could argue, OK, I only have to sit through that once when I'm setting up the app for the first time. Fair enough. But what about every single time I phone my voicemail and it says, welcome to three voicemail. You have X new messages. New messages. Now, why does it say that? Why doesn't it just play me the f messages? Happy Christmas. Because, well, again, because people, uh, people, some people who are just stupid need instructions. And so these companies have decided that they'll just put instructions in. Because if they don't put instructions in, people say, I didn't know what to do. Well, you can just see it. And apart from all this, anyway, this is the second time you brought Halifax to <laughs> Room 101 in a month. And I can tell you that, again, my Santander, when I set up my Santander on, on a new phone, it's just done on the phone. 
you they send you one text message now the, we, we've had arguments about that before about the security of that but laying that aside they send you one text message that's it you you go through a process you put your numbers in you put your security code in the phone that's it it's all done so i think it's halifax that are just crap here yeah well then i'm moving to santander that's all i can say <laughs> okay what what is tumbling down into room 101 together with the halifax bank it is um I, I, I don't know who to apologize to him because i can't remember who posted it was it well i think it was ian bundy again toast and toast and jam tea so just to remind to remind you that ian bundy was the one that brought to us um biscuit flavored that's right tea, the famous tea which party. was absolutely yes. lovely yorkshire yorkshire tea biscuit and really nice we did our we did our tea virtual tea party didn't like that. the tea loved and the I tea party <laughs> and I still like yes. the tea. I think it's great. Anyway, he suggested this new one, which was toast and jam tea, Yorkshire again. And it is, well, it's just not nice. I've got, hey, I've got to put it in remote nice, one. It? <laughs> it's just, <laughs> ecky thump. Um, it just, it just kind of, well, I suppose it tastes a bit like jam. I don't, I don't know where the toast bit comes in, but it, it just kind of tastes plasticky. It tastes like it's full of E numbers and just flavourings. And the, the biscuit flavour one tastes like it's supposed to do. And it's just much, much better than this toast and jam flavoured one. Sue Blanford also agreed with me. She said, love the biscuit one and drink it all the time. I made a special trip to Asda to get the jam and toast. And, yeah, not keen. It just tastes like... <laughs> She says it just tastes like strawberry flavored tea to me, and I and I think that 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 kind of is the the truth of it. It's just not very well done. The biscuit one's great. Now there's another one on the back of this that Ian Buddy's put away, which is called bed Yorkshire bedtime tea. Now I don't know what that's about, um, but I, you know we we've got to try all these, so I'm going to try all those. But in the but for the moment, I'm going to put toast and ta toast and jam tea into room 101. But you see, I like the idea of bedtime tea in the same way that Earl Grey tea doesn't tell you what it tastes like. Why do things have to taste like something else? I would buy a tea that was called Gluttock Thar flavoured tea because then you think, what the heck is Gluttock Thar? And then you taste it and you go, I have no idea what it is, but it's lovely. Yes. There, there we differ. <laughs> I like I, I like things to taste what they're supposed to taste of. I like vanilla coffee, which we discussed last time, and I like. Okay, but if I gave tea. you a cup of Gluttock Thar flavored tea and you loved it and it was delicious, <laughs> would you therefore would you just stubbornly not drink it because you had no idea what Gluttock Thar was? No, no, no. I, 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 I completely get the point. Um, and I would, but I would want to know what it was. I'd want to know what the flavouring was, unless it was a completely new. Yes, I would probably um, say. Well, the flavouring is E thirty two. Yeah, but you could. But you see, normally when there's a flavour, you, you you don't know. You say, well, it, it tastes like a bit of a mix between mushroom and um, spinach, for yes, example. Yes, so I think that if this tea had been called strawberry jam flavoured tea, then maybe you and Sue Blandford would both have enjoyed it very much. But because it was yeah. called toast and jam and didn't taste yes. like toast and jam. Yes. Right. Well, the first I product I should make is a pedantic flavoured tea. <laughs> <laughs> this is what room 01 is. 101. I'll say that again. This is what room 101 is for. Listen, before we disintegrate completely, let's do our last section. Gold star time. And it's a festive gold star 
to the Whatever Works MeWe group members. Have a gold star, everyone in the group. Well done to everyone for leaping in when another member has a problem to solve or needs advice on, well, just stuff, just anything. Everyone chips in and shares their experiences, helps everyone else out so that expensive experiments and mistakes can be avoided and just are really nice to each other. Thank you all so much for your engagement. You all you all deserve a gold star for um, your diligence and commitment to the group and what we're doing, what Aidan and I are doing um, uh, in whatever works. So well done to you all. It says, you've all done very well. Mr. Mr. Grayson? Mr. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Grace. Grace, you've all done... You're all doing very well. Honestly, a, a, an applause for everybody. Thank you. Especially coming from me because I tend to only go on the group when I want to say, how do I do this? So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Milking us dry. Thank you so much. To everybody, and a very, very, very Merry Christmas. Yes, indeed. Very Merry Christmas to you all. Right, when are we back next time? Two weeks' time? I suppose that's the middle of January, is it? Somewhere, to avoid somewhere around New there. Year special, so there will be no more sleigh bells and mince oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, yes, back in January, two weeks' time. Don't forget, the um, whateverworks.works is where you'll find the links to all the show notes and all the stuff we've been talking about. TedSalmon.com for me, AidenBell.com for Aiden. MeWe Group members, well done again. And do keep coming there and giving us all your advice and tips and reviews of whatever works in your lives. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you all! And don't forget, whatever, whatever works... works. Works! <laughs> 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 <laughs>